Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 75. It's Wednesday, March the 3rd of 2021, and we're about set to give you our full race report for the 2021 Challenge of the Americas event, the middle rounds, rounds three and four at Cal Speed Karting in Fontana uh, this past weekend. David Cole, of course, was there the February 26th to 28th weekend. Back to Calspe, back to Fontana, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the action, but of course, kicking things off with record numbers at the event. This week's show presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website from you to, for you to order from, and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get you the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. All right, David, uh, a couple of weekends for you to get out of what was crazy weather or is crazy cold weather up in Michigan. Starting to break a little bit as we're near the end of uh end of the, the winter season into March now, but man, a couple of weekends for you. You headed south to Florida first and this past weekend all the way to the Southwest to California. Good to get back to Cal Speed Carding. Well, it's ironic because I left and there were like three feet of snow on, in the yard and you come back and it's like less than a foot. Like I can see, I can see grass now. So, um, but the temperatures uh, yesterday morning were uh, nearly uh, zero degrees when I took the kids to school. So, yeah, it was kind of a, uh, a wake-up call I didn't want, uh, not to mention having no sleep that night. But uh, the cold weather was not a wake-up call I wanted. But was it, You said was it zero Fahrenheit? Nearly zero. I felt wow. like it was like uh, two degrees, I think, is what it was. I mean, the temperature was like 15, but it felt like it was zero. So It's, not, it's like 37 here right now. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, the sun's been out all day, so that's the thing. It's just the, the colder temperatures, obviously, when the sun goes down and it gets it gets really cold here for some reason. Uh, at least it did Monday night, Tuesday morning. So it was kind of a a wake up call. <laughs> right? Well, you leave you leave you leave L.A. It was like seventy five degrees when the plane took off, and you get to zero degrees like that. Uh, that's a, bit that's a big swing. Big swing. So, David, you headed out there. Of course, I couldn't or made the decision not to head down to the Cal Speed Weekend. That uh, way we had Tim Chapman, uh, Chappie on the mic because with everything going on and with the, with the COVID restrictions at the border to come back into Canada, I elected to just stay home for a couple of races, skip the Scusa Winter Series finale at Homestead, skip the uh, third and fourth rounds of the challenge, sadly, uh, at Cal Speed. So you rolled down there and, and handled it again with Chappie. Uh, like you said, great weather for rounds uh, three and four. But I think the big news, obviously, David, coming into it before we really even got things rolling with your Paddock Insider and everything you did on the Friday at the racetrack was the fact that the walk-up numbers that we had between you and I recording the Outlap Preview podcast and you getting there uh, actually surprised me. Man, a, a lot of walk-ups, but the bottom line is record entries again, the Cal Speed bump. Um, man, just cool for Andy Saisman to, to be able to get those numbers because I know he's been digging hard to build this program over in the West Coast. Well, when you talk about the Cal Speed bump, you typically talk about walk-ups. It really what it is because you sit there and people are waiting to see what the weather's going to do because this is this was probably one of the first times it hadn't rained for a Challenge of the Americas weekend that we were at Cal Speed. So uh, that kind of helped. But the number between the outlap that we did and what we got overall was 25 walk-ups. So you wow. go from 
from the 122 that we were at when we uh, when we recorded our outlap to the record breaking 147 uh, total entries for the weekend uh, at Cal Speed. It was uh, a record breaking uh, event. Uh, again, last year's total, and I have to uh, redeem myself and, and provide a, an, an apology to Andy Saisman. <laughs> As I recorded, it was 138, what I thought we had last year. It was technically 142. My Excel spreadsheet did a little nasty number on me and uh, didn't record <laughs> for the entries. So it happens. Uh, yep. it's part of, you know, we, human error. It ha- happens. It, uh, <laughs> you don't make many you know, mistakes, Dave. Race directors make human errors all the time. I'm allowed to do that with my numbers as well, too. This is true. So 147, you said, was the, fu- was the final number? 147. We thought it was 148, but we had uh, some issues with uh, the calculating because somebody switched classes. So uh, yeah, of course, right. during during our uh, our happy hour or pre qualifying sessions on Friday. So 147 is the uh, is the calculated total. Me and Andy we agreed on the number, so it's been verified. <laughs> 147. Well, one of the cool things, David, is you and I always talk about growth of series, right? There's that 100 mark. Once you hit the 100 mark, it's a massive club race. It's a, it's still a strong regional program. You know what I mean? It's it's especially depending on the class numbers, how many classes you have. But then there's that 150 mark, then the 200, then the 250. This challenge has been growing and growing. And, and again, the swap over from the Rotax to the Rock, that kind of pressed the reset button. We had that big dip. Uh, not really, not even a big dip. Essentially, Rock picked up where, where Rotax had fallen to, switched to the Rock, same essentially amount of numbers, and it's been growing ever since. Hey, dude, the next number is 150. I don't know that it's going to happen. Well, it could happen at Cal Speed because, again, that's – I mean, at, uh, at at Sonoma for the finale because that's a rock rock track. It's a rock program. So potentially they could get to 150 there. Uh, if not, when the borders, I assume, will be open back up for the 2022 challenge and next year, man, 150 with the focus on 200. I think next year will probably be the uh, the time that it's going to hit possibly the 150 mark. I don't think Sonoma, you know, I, I think you are going to get people that uh, haven't raced the program that are going to take part in it because they do have a base there in Northern California. But you have to also remember it's it's a double weekend, that, that event. Some yeah. people aren't going to be there because it's the finale and they're out of it. There's going to be some people that are traveling to New Orleans for – for the uh, the pro tour opener there, so there's a lot of different variables that are going to adjust it. So I, you know, it, it could you could be in that that 130 range that we saw that PKRA, you know, it, so it could be around that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I'm thinking one. I'm thinking 120 to 130 is about uh, the maximum I think that we're going to have in Sonoma. But still, you know, when you get three events over over the over the three digit mark, you know. Especially after what it what it began with back when, it, as you talked about the the transition between yeah, like rock, Rotax and Rock, right? yeah. yeah. So it's it's made its way there, and again, just taking gradual steps and continually to uh, to improve the program. Uh, looking class by class, David, very interesting from Phoenix and the opener to here. Only two classes actually dropping in numbers, and both of those focused on the actual rock engine itself, uh, like the, the the junior and the masters category uh, for for the rock, not the other, not, not the hundred cc with the with the VLR and the KA, and not the micros, not the minis. Actually, micro and mini both up a little bit. Uh, it was the junior rock that dropped down to just two drivers, and masters rock dropping only down from twelve to ten. Again, we talked about it in the outlap. It's really interesting that the West Coast has gravitated to that 100cc 
uh, air-cooled engine package with great numbers, you know, 32 in senior, 13 in masters, and 19 in junior 100cc. But across the board, really only, as I said, two categories dropping down from Phoenix, the rest uh, on the plus side in terms of uh, entry numbers. Yeah, the big plus was in the 100cc categories with masters and junior uh, masters gaining five drivers to put it to 13, which I think was the biggest field it's had ever, since it uh, was instituted into the cat into the yeah, series. No doubt. Uh, and then junior up to 19. So we're almost into the 20 where that category was just at four drivers last year at the most. So, uh, yeah, again, that, that that West Coast gravitation towards 100 cc engine package is is continuing to show at the challenge. And I'm sure it's going to show uh, throughout the 2021 season. So there alone was just 11 uh, additional entries from what we saw in, in Phoenix. Uh, you add the the, uh, the three extra in, in Shifter Rock and four extra in Shifter Master Rock uh, to bring the Shifter total up to uh, 41 drivers. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going with two there categories. You know, 41. That's, yeah. that's uh, you know, again, that's the focus. So right now, Shifter 100cc and... And again, the cadet divisions with uh, with a total of twenty four drivers in micro and mini. So uh, you know that's kind of where the focus is on on the when you look in terms of numbers. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Forty one shifters. I was just going to get get to that, man. That's that's solid, man. That's that's good shifter numbers. And again, uh, twenty three total in the in the uh, mass or the uh, the shifter senior class, which is big. And we'll uh, we'll see that continue to grow. All right, folks. Uh, when we go to this quick break, when we get back, David's going to kind of give us a little run through the paddock pass. We'll talk more about the record numbers. He'll talk more about some of the cool stuff that was going on paddock wise. Not really much on track, but kind of a look more deeper into the paddock itself. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. There's a new hot-button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track, and their carding lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT Carding Helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual-density interior foam lining, and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR Standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market, with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo, any competition, one helmet. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. 
Arrive and Drive services. Cart preparation and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. Welcome back to episode 75 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. As David now back from Fontana, giving us the full race report on what happened in the uh, second event, the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas. Uh, this edition of the Paddock Pass brought to you by Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Tony Kart and OTK parts, as well as IME engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. All right, David, uh, out of the gate with the, the paddock pass, we kind of already talked a little bit about the record numbers. I guess I'll ask the question, let you kind of spool with what you have laid down here for the paddock pass. But with the record numbers, how was? I'd have to expect the atmosphere was pretty electric. People fired up at the amount of drivers in each all these categories. I have to think that that was kind of a talking point throughout the paddock. It was because we didn't really know the actual number we were going to get until, again, um, you know, the pre-qualifying sessions happened Friday night uh, evening because uh, no live timing early on. And again, people, you know, so transponders weren't mandatory. So we basically were just going off, you know, what Andy was telling us, what Shelby, uh, Jocelyn, the lead uh, registration and timekeeper uh, was telling us. So we were just kind of, but we were waiting for that official amount. You know, everybody was talking, okay, what's, what's the official number? What's the official number? I'm like, (laughs) I'm only going by what they tell me. That's so, uh, so that was kind of the buzz. Uh, and again, yeah, the, obviously the, the, the paddock was packed, uh, full, you know, obviously the Cal speed has a, a unique uh, paddock as it, as it goes North up around the, uh, the NASCAR turns three and four there outside the auto club speedway. So parking was, was obviously full with the, with the amount of entries that we had there. So, uh, that was, uh, obviously the, the focal point going through Thursday evening and then into Friday afternoon. Yeah, you got to take an Uber if, you, if you're if you if you come late to the racetrack uh, and you have to park at the far end when the, when the paddock is packed as it is. You got to take an Uber to get down to the grid. It feels <laughs> like it. It's, it's a long walk. <laughs> it's a it's a good walk, that's for sure. <laughs> it's definitely a long walk. All right, let's. Uh, you kind of touched base briefly on the weather, the night, you know, the sun and some nice warm weather uh, for this event. But man, you know. As things were rolling on Thursday and Friday, track got hit with some wind as well. Well, yeah, it wasn't just Thursday and Friday, that's for sure. Uh, well, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here was um, the the wind was was a factor all weekend long. And beginning Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, strong winds uh, came through and actually destroyed uh, a lot of the tents that the GFC camp had 
put up. Uh, held, they were held down by water barriers. Unfortunately, those water barriers were thrown uh, wow. by the wind, and just uh, the wind came through and was able to catch that tent, their tents, uh, perfectly to, to destroy a number of the, uh, the 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 major tent that he has there, and then some easy ups as well. But the great part about it, and, and great thing about our carding community, other teams and other uh, you know competitors stepped up, giving them some easy ups to use for the weekend because of what the, the damage was unrepairable to, to their tents. So, so that was good. Uh, but the wind did come back. Um, that was one thing we kept monitoring throughout the weekend and Saturday night. Um, we had obviously some warnings that strong winds were coming again. Uh, they did indeed come and stayed throughout much of Sunday. We we're talking 40 to 60 mile an hour wind gusts uh, hitting the racetrack. That was a factor within the terms of the barriers. Uh, many of the barriers are held in, with PVC piping, uh, but <laughs> the wind was so strong it was blowing it up off of the wow. off the pipe and off the um, the mount, so it was blowing across the racetrack. So we had to take care of some of that. Uh, obviously, everybody took down the tents that they did have up for Friday and Saturday, so that way none of those were blown away. But uh, just standing in the middle of the racetrack was was just a challenge. It felt like it could pick you up and just 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 take you away. That, uh, if, it was that aggressive. Yeah, I mean, 40 to 60 miles an hour. It's like sticking your hand, you know, how you used to be yeah. when you were a kid. <laughs> Stick your hand out the window and it had it taken back and smash up against the door behind you. Uh, that's how it felt. Uh, it, it was a struggle, especially walking out to take photos, holding the camera as straight as possible. Uh, it was a struggle and it affected the, uh, the obviously the performance. Uh, I think you looked at uh, the lap times, the shifters alone were more than two tenths off what they were on Saturday in qualifying. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Uh, Dave, one of the things we talked about during our Outlap podcast was, uh, you know, picking up some of the different names. This different are the same surnames. Let's put it that way. A lot of father-son duos racing throughout the weekend, which I thought was great. There's a bunch of sibling duos racing as well, but there's three different father-sons running in the Masters and and the senior category, and then I believe Masters. And what what is Mateo? Is he in micro or mini? Micro, yeah, He's that's micro. Uh, so go through, the, yeah, Carlos was, and Mateo, yeah, that was one thing that kind of stood out uh, when we did the outlap, and I kind of highlighted it in our paddock insider on Friday, uh, yeah, and that's really what our sport is about, you know, family getting out there and having fun, having a good time, and and now we have a, a trio of father son duos that we're actually racing on the same weekend uh, at the Challenging Americas, uh, Jackson or Summers, sorry, Steve and Jackson Dunn. Uh, along with David and Everest Fedler under the forward direction motorsports tent. Uh, they had the Masters 100cc, Senior 100cc uh, categories covered with with those two pairs. Yeah. Um, both Steve and David, uh, they have done some car racing. Uh, Steve does a lot of car racing. David a little bit here and there, uh, just kind of getting it you know, out there and doing some laps. They got into into the karting just recently, doing some Briggs racing, and decided, you know, why not do some racing uh, with the kids at Challenge yeah. in America? So they jumped in the Masters 100cc. First time they've ever been. Last month was the first time they've ever been in a two cycle kart. So uh, so they made some progression uh, that weekend and a little bit this weekend as well. Um, Carlos and Matia Calderon. Uh, Carlos was in the Masters 100cc as well, along with David and Steve. Um, Carlos, as we know probably almost two decades now back uh, when we first started doing our live stuff. Carlos kind of helped us out a little bit with that a little bit and uh, been good friends with us ever since. Uh, was a senior driver back then, now now a master's driver. 
uh, and now has his son who we've seen, you know, since he was born now uh, competing in the micro division. This is his third year racing, uh, but the first time he's raced at the Challenge in America. So uh, great to see, uh, you know, that again, that family's atmosphere. We talk about how it's fun and 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 laid back kind of atmosphere that you have at the challenge and it's also family related too yeah david let's let's have a look at uh the, the quality of the field because one of the cool things that we saw i didn't really see that at phoenix kind of stepping up a little bit here uh, at calspe but uh we had a lot, a lot of the champions from the 2020 season were back on track at calspe well i think that helps with the numbers uh when you look at Typically, you see champions sometimes move away or move to other programs or even move up into cars. But uh, Challenge in America has had six of their previous uh, champions in, in the 2020 season competing in uh, CalSpeed. And again, that's not what we saw in, in Phoenix. Uh, we had the addition of Hunter Pickett joining, uh, racing for the first time in, in 2021, uh, the shifter champion. Jake Drew, who won Senior Rock last year, uh, made his 2021 debut racing in senior 100 CC. Um, Nico Serafati was not in Phoenix, was in Cal speed this time racing. Uh, he was a micro champion last year, moving up to mini this year. We did see the, the return of Tristan young last year's mini champion, uh, racing in junior rock along with Derek Wang, the two time champion in masters and then defending champion, uh, Kevin Woods in shifter masters rock. So again, that, that goes to the stout, field that we had not to mention numbers but the but the competition level that we had in in all the categories throughout the the weekend yeah 100 percent. good to, good to see the the guys come back out and then kind of dialing things up in terms of the quality of the field we'll hear more about that when we get into the race report as well that's what we'll do after this break folks when we get back uh we're going to start and jump into the shifter categories we'll start uh when we hit our race report with shifter rock and shifter masters rock stay tuned more to come It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIKFIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. Are you ready to make the jump from karting to race cars? Then check out the top-rated Allenberg Racing Schools at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, California, led by former Formula One World Championship driver Alan Berg. Whether you're starting a racing career, looking for a new adventure, honing your driving skills, or seeking an unforgettable experience driving the world-famous corkscrew, 
Our team of professional coaches and proven curriculum will provide you with everything you need to drive our race cars to the limit. Programs in 2021 include one-day, two-day, and three-day schools. Successful graduates earn their certification to apply for a SCCA racing license. For schedules and more information, check out our website, allenbergracingschools.com, or call us at 888-722-3220. Custom group and corporate programs also available. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 75 of our EKN Debrief, our uh, post-race report, David Cole, of course, trackside for the uh, rounds three and four of the Challenge of the Americas at Cal Speed Karting in Fontana. He'll give us uh, the report here throughout the, the middle part of this podcast. The race report section presented today by Parallel USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Parallel decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parallel was born. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory treat team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for the 2021 season includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior, senior drivers, and the 28 mil Opportunity Model for the cadet classes. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. Okay, Dave, let's jump into the shifter rock. We talked about the fact, uh, great numbers, 23 in total. Had a couple of uh, local drivers jump into the fight. Here's the headline. Musgrave and Wick claim top spots. Again, we talked about the numbers, but really the, the competition level in this category was phenomenal. When you talk about a driver such as Billy Musgrave, a four-time Super Nationals champion, making his uh, Challenge of the Americas debut, first time ever in a shifter rock uh, category. Uh, and then you talk about, again, defending champion Hunter Pickett, uh, a former pro tour champion and Kyle Wick, uh, the, the, and, uh, and two time Phoenix winner, Remo Ruskitty, uh, all in the field that, uh, that pretty much set the, the tone early on, but it was really wick that, uh, that kind of shined early on setting a new track record of 49.601 fastest lap ever recorded ever recorded in this layout. So uh, that wow. was that was really key. And one of the things I didn't talk about uh, in the Paddock Insider was the track, the grip level. Uh, that was something that a lot of people were talking about. It was a lot different compared to what we saw in Phoenix. And I think obviously shifter cards have a lot to do with that because they do lay it down a lot of rubber, but also the surface. Uh, you know, it's that sealant, uh, something that you don't typically get at a, at a regular racetrack such as Dave, Phoenix or, yeah. or purpose-built facility. <clears throat> this is a parking lot and they, and they have that, uh, that sealant, that different coating that's laid down and it takes to the rubber. And that's something that we're, we're working with, with a new Levanto tire is what it does in different racetracks. And, and that was one of the things that grip was not a question throughout the weekend. And it certainly showed with the shifter category. Because these guys were laying down some super fast laps, not to not in just qualifying, but all day long, and, and that's something I'll get into a little bit. Uh, so Kyle Wick setting the new track record that was kind of the the story of qualifying uh, in this category and and throughout the day on Saturday. Uh, but after that, it was basically all Billy Musgrave, um, the the Cal Speed King. He's uh, got a few laps there. <laughs> Essentially, just put it to everybody, um, you know, went out and grabbed the, the whole shot in the pre-fall and just kind of drove away there. Uh, 
and uh, I'm sorry, looking at the wrong notes. And then uh, and did the same thing in the final, essentially driving consistent fast laps uh, to pull out to an 8.4 second advantage. But really what it was, his last lap in the main event, something we've seen before done, was the quickest lap of the race, his last lap. And it was literally only maybe a tenth off what the track record was that Kyle Wick set. So something we didn't see in Phoenix. I know that's something we talked about. The tire was going away as, a, as the day went along. Well... <laughs> the grip level was certainly there all day long for the for the, especially in this category and all the other categories to where you could lay down a fast lap at the end of the day. So uh, something that was interesting uh, in this category because Musgrave didn't make it interesting up front driving away that, <laughs> that far. Uh, Hunter Pickett ended up uh, uh, be winning the battle for for second. Uh, Wick was there, um, but contact dropped him back. That allowed Pickett to take the position. Uh, allowed Remo Skiddy to slide up into the third. Jacob Gulick, another great drive by him uh, in fourth, and Kwan Tandon in fifth. So uh, three GFC drivers in the top five on Saturday. Yeah, and that's that's the key, right, David? With the different racetracks, you know, Phoenix, of course, a, a lot rougher on tires uh, than a track with sealant down like Cal Speed. So interesting that you brought that up. Uh, always drivers getting a chance to press the reset button from Saturday to Sunday. Uh, based on your notes and what I followed uh, on social uh, with all the things you're posting up, seems like Wick, uh, rather uh, Musgrave, came out of the gate strong again in qualifying on Sunday. Yeah, came out of the gate. Obviously, not not able to set the fast time with the 40 to 60 mile an hour headwinds coming up the straightaway. Wow, uh, that was uh, that was obviously the challenge. So they were about two to three tenths off off the uh, the track record with the wind uh, as strong as it was. Uh, things started early uh, in the pre-final as we had contact between Wick, Musgrave, and Race Liberante all going into turn one, trying to go for the same piece of real estate. Uh, Musgrave got the worst of it, destroying the uh, the front-end components uh, on his cart, so he his race was done after turn one. Uh, Wick cut through, joined the field to uh, at turn four, and uh, was able to uh, negotiate uh, the win for the pre-final. And then uh, uh, essentially the top three throughout the main event stayed uh, essentially in the same position all uh, 18 laps with Wick out getting the whole shot uh, over Liberante with uh, Hunter Pickett trailing in third. And they would run one, two, three, the entire distance uh, for the podium. Uh, again, another great run by Jacob Gulick to fourth and Tandon in fifth. So uh, this time they had four GFCs in the top five. Wow, that's uh, well, we've seen that before, right? Last year they dominated the, one of the podiums at uh, out of Tucson. That's a, that's a pretty impressive run. I, I'd look forward to seeing how the championship kind of shakes down now. You know, with the the speed we saw out of Raymover City at Phoenix, uh, have you have you done any points work yet, David, to have a look at this? Or no, I thought we'd keep points stuff. You know, kind of like for that. our outlap. You know, that we then we then we have more stuff to talk about. <laughs> that's true. All right, so folks, uh, before the the race uh, at Sonoma, the finale, you'll make sure you tune into the Outlap Preview podcast, and we'll give you an update on all the points. Nonetheless, pretty good uh, outing for Musgrave uh, at the opening part of the weekend on Saturday with that win, and but Kyle Wick coming back, and uh, you know, yeah, Dave, just a, another weekend with say, the DFC. What's that? I, I was going to say Musgrave drove him his way all the way up to six after starting dead last. Oh, in the really? Event, but okay. uh, so it was kind of the show that was going on because nothing was going on up front. But uh, contact, uh, a penalty for contact, making his way up through the field, dropped him out of the top 10. So uh, took away a possible sixth position for uh, for Musgrave. 
Uh, and just to, to cap off there, Wick obviously, you know, has now now been with uh, GFC for over a month, kind of getting settled into that program, getting a good feel for it, and, and good to see him stepping back up again. A former, uh, you know, national number one with uh, with Supercarts USA, one of the top shifter car drivers in the country. Yeah, that's uh, that uh, was really a uh, you know again a, a shining moment for them getting that first victory. So now it's it's you know how do we come back and keep winning? That's it. That's it. All right, let's move to Shifter Masters Rock and the headline. Defending champ Woods doubles up. Yeah, it was certainly the weekend he needed after what uh, we saw in Phoenix. We knew he's going to be fast, but really wasn't able to contend for victories. While this weekend was a different story, uh, Saturday opened up with Woods performing a sweep over uh, the entire Shifter Masters Rock field, leading from qualifying all the way through to the uh, the checkered flag, going wire to wire in the main event, never relinquishing. The, uh, the top position, wow. Cliff Coella, a round two winner, ended up finishing or winning the battle for second. Uh, it was Valiante who was there uh, throughout the, uh, the early part of the main event, but uh, was but slipped back to fourth as Coella and uh, Ryan Yap were able to, uh, to steal the uh, two podium positions from Valiante, who ended up finishing in fourth. And then uh, Nick Firestone, essentially top supermaster driver in the category, finishing yeah, right? fifth. <laughs> but consistent season so far for Nick Firestone here in the challenge, another top five for him. Uh, on Sunday, David Ryan, Yap stepping up. He was the, the quick guy out of the gate. Yeah, Yap picked up the pace, to, adjusted well to the uh, the headwind, was able to set fast time in qualifying. Uh, Woods was right there, though, and uh, I think that's one thing I wasn't able to confirm. I wasn't sure if there was contact or something that happened, but Yap got shuffled back while after leading the prefrontal early on. That dropped him out of the top five, uh, with that, with uh, the issue that happened, I still haven't been able to confirm exactly what happened with that. Uh, but Woods went on to score the prefrontal win, uh, or sorry, took the lead there, and then it was it was actually a good shuffle for about three to four laps with uh, Coella uh, able to uh, to secure the position, go on to to score the win. Uh, started on pole for the main event, uh, but it was Woods that uh, that was able to. Uh, oh, sorry, Valley. <laughs> getting my races mixed up here. Sorry, let me start over. <laughs> That's all good. Pre-final, Coella was able to win a great little battle after a three-lap battle. Once Yop got shuffled back, scored the win in that race. Started on pole position, but it was Valiante who was able to grab the whole shot to start off the main event. Uh, Valiante led for essentially the first eight laps, but it was Woods who uh, who came on strong, uh, took over the lead from that point, and was able to drive off to a 2.7 second victory. Uh, Valiante held on to uh, the second position with uh, Coella sitting there in third. Uh, great fight behind them for fourth position as Adam White drove to uh, the fourth position aboard the GFC ahead of Garrett McKelvey and the GFC. So kind of teammates going battling. Uh, throughout the uh, 18 lap main event, it was a good race, uh, but White ended up uh, getting that position. Yeah, overall, I like the storyline. Kevin Woods, as you said, challenged pretty aggressively at Phoenix, the defending uh, title winner, having to go head to head with uh, with Valiente, his return, Cliff Quiella, his return, a couple of veterans, you know, from the from the uh, early 2000s and late 90s, uh, coming back to run Masters racing. Uh, Woods kind of you know, flexing the muscles a little bit, and is Ron White racing CRG, so that's that's solid for Kevin. Just, just kind of develops that storyline heading to Sonoma. When we do the Outlap podcast, David, there's going to be a lot to talk about here in the in the Master Shifter class because you got to think the, the points are going to be pretty tight up front. Yeah, you got to think Coella came in uh, leading the championship uh, is probably going to be right there, 
maybe still possibly leading it, but uh, the two victories by Woods certainly sets uh, him back up into the championship chase. Uh, Valiante still with some good finishes is right there despite sitting out round two, so we'll we'll see kind of what happens with that. But Woods going to his home racetrack, uh, that's going to be key uh, as we move forward uh, to Sonoma. Yeah, Valiante will take that the drop in round number two from Phoenix, right? So that that'll be the key there. Yeah, but he's going to need to uh, to step up his game a little bit more. That's it. Uh, you know, with a fourth place on Saturday and second on Sunday, uh, I think another win is going to have to be needed, especially with Woods getting two uh, this past weekend. Yeah, got, yeah, like you said, Woods going to his home track as well. That makes things uh, very very interesting. All right, another break in the action here. We get back to the race report presented by Parallel USA. David will give us the breakdown of Senior Hundred CC, Junior Hundred CC and Masters 100cc. We'll go air-cooled when we get back after this break. The World Karting Association is the only organization on the globe that can provide you with three forms of karting, all at one event. Our historic WKA Daytona Kart Week was completed just before the new year began, welcoming record numbers. If you missed out, or if you're excited for the same atmosphere and competition, then add the Charlotte Karting Challenge presented by Summit Racing Equipment to your 2021 racing schedule. All three of the national championship programs will be competing at the Charlotte Motor Speedway on April 15th and the 18th in Concord, North Carolina. The Vega Manufacturers Cup Series is hosting three straight days of racing inside the famed Charlotte Oval. Our Vega Road Racing Series will tackle the complete roval portion of the facility, while the Maxxis Speedway Dirt Series will take to the dirt track at Charlotte in a special two-day event. No matter your age, no matter the discipline, the WKA Charlotte Karting Challenge has a place for you to compete at America's home for racing. Learn more about all three programs at worldkarting.com. The World Karting Association, the foundation of motorsports. In 2020, PSL Karting will enter its 21st year of serving the North American karting community, and they're proud to be North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand, having once again won Burrell Art's Distributor of the Year. PSL Karting is your source for all things Burrell Art, providing this top-quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own pslkarting.com online store. We have over 100 carts in stock at all times, including the new Charles Leclerc line of carts carrying the name of Ferrari's Formula One pilot. PSL Karting can provide you with a Burrell Art, Ricardo, or Charles Leclerc turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs power plant complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24-7 at our online store, including parts and components, Consumables like Amsoil, Motul, and Rotex XPS engine oil, and Vroom lubricants, Micron data acquisition systems and Unipro, and driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Our race trailer is always stocked with Bell helmets and components. Arrive and drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. 
Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 75 of the EKN Debrief. We are breaking down the second event of the 2021 Challenge of the Americas. David Cole, of course, trekking to SoCal, to Cal Speed Karting in Fontana, California for rounds three and four. David, great numbers in the 100cc classes, as you as we said, 32 strong in 100cc senior, 13 in masters, 19 in junior, uh, increases in all three of the categories. Here's the headline, though, to get you rolling. For senior 100cc, home turf defended by Nash and Drew. It was Nash on Saturday that defended everything and defended it well with a performing a, a sweep, something very similar to what we saw in Phoenix on, on round one. Uh, again, you know, Cal Speed being the home and Nash Motorsports and obviously Blake Nash uh, defended it well, led all laps in the pre-final and final to to uh, end the, uh, the day in a sweep after setting fast time and qualifying. So... Almost a near-perfect day. I uh, don't think he got fast lap, but almost a perfect scoring day uh, for Nash to kind of help him put back into the uh, the championship uh, after a, a, a tough uh, outing in round two. Yeah. So uh, earning his second victory of the year. Uh, but again, racing all over the racetrack, as you said, with 32 entries. Uh, great battle uh, for second to behind uh, Nash, who ended up winning by 3.7 seconds over the field. Uh, Jake Drew ended up uh, winning that position over Carson Porter with Liam Letch, our round two winner in fourth, and then Dante Yu making his first start uh, with Phil Giebler racing aboard the Ricardo cart, uh, ended up finishing in fifth. Uh, Jake Drew racing with Ryan Perry Motorsport, uh, again, last year's senior rock champion, um, showing, uh, showing his toughness uh, in the senior 100cc category. Well, we know that the battle we've seen in, in the category, of course, Liam Letch was one of the one of the guys to beat uh, in Phoenix. Comes back out, as you said, with P4. Uh, bounces back nicely, though, David, to, to start the day, at least on Sunday, qualifying P1. Again, yeah, everybody battling the wind and, and weather that uh, that we had Sunday morning when Letch was able to uh, secure fast time and qualifying. Prefrontal was certainly a battle. Uh, guys going, I think their lead pack was at 10 drivers at one time. So it was a really good race to watch. Uh, Jake Drew actually ended up crossing the line first, but was given a two-position penalty uh, for jumping the start. That handed the victory over to uh, Alex Saragusa aboard the GFC, another home driver uh, at uh, from the Cal Speed track. Uh, so Saragusa led the field to, uh, to the uh, green flag to begin the 18-lap main event. Uh, Jake Drew made quick work. Was able to uh, to get to the top spot by the end of lap two, uh, and essentially kind of drove away in those early laps to establish a solid lead. Uh, Liam Letch put himself into the second position, closed late, but was not able to uh, be close enough to make any moves on on Jake Drew, who uh, would go on to win uh, his first victory of the 2021 season. Uh, as I said, Letch was second. Uh, behind him was a great drive uh, by Saturday winner Blake Nash, who. Ended up getting shuffled back in the pre-final, started ninth for the main event and worked his way up into the podium with the third place performance. Uh, Macy Williams, a great drive to uh, to fourth as she was double duty along with Letch. And then uh, Dante Yu pulling off another top five. 
Yeah, you got to think David for Nash to be able to come back, you know, bounce back. It wasn't able to do that at Phoenix, but does it here at the home track at Calspe, get himself from, from ninth. And anytime you have to start deeper in the field, you risk getting involved in some kind of an incident. But to come back to P3, that's uh, that has huge championship impl- implications, right? Sunday from Phoenix is going to be Blake's drop. But to be able to have the win on Saturday, then bounce back to the P3 position on Sunday uh, keeps him in the championship fight. Yeah, we'll see if uh, he elects to go north to Sonoma or if he goes east oh, to right. uh, to New Orleans. So we'll see what happens. Nothing was confirmed uh, uh, by them uh, yet what they were going to do. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Let's move to Junior 100cc right now in the headline. Gonzalez and Small make four different winners on the season. Again, a large field nearly 20 drivers in the Junior uh, 100cc category. Again, Many of them all new to the challenge, drivers we had never seen before. One of those being Alexander Gonzalez, a driver from, uh, I believe it's Temecula or in that, in the uh, Southern California area, uh, making his challenge debut, ended up setting fast time and qualifying. Uh, But again, a great great fight up front with uh, round two winner Laney Benjamin actually picking up the pre-final win. Main event, very similar to what we saw in Phoenix. Uh, three drivers kind of breaking away. This time it was Gonzalez and Benjamin along with um, uh, Lydia Small who were able to uh, to kind of break away in the final. Uh, Benjamin led early, but uh, Gonzalez ended up taking control late in the race. Uh, but uh, the, a great final lap led to a uh, little bit of shuffling, but Gonzalez was able to uh, to cross the fish, finish line first ahead of uh, Lydia Small picking up her first challenge podium with uh, Laney Benjamin in third. Uh, Christian Cameron, our round one winner, ended up finishing in fourth with G3. Oh, I can never say it. I say our Euros. Our Euros. There it is. It's like the sandwich, right? Our Euros. <laughs> it's like the sandwich. It's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, fish. F- p- hey, picking up fifth. Yeah. What's... Talk about the young lady stepping up here in, in challenge well, racing, right? Let's let's awesome. talk let's talk about that on Sunday. Well, let's get into that a little bit on Sunday. So Sunday came around again. This time, instead of three drivers up front, we saw a large lead pack both in the pre-final and final. Uh, everything began with Christian Cameron coming up with the uh, quick lap and qualifying. Uh, the fight in the pre-final ended up with uh, Gonzalez picking up the victory. But again, I want to say. Anywhere between 10 and 11 drivers were in the lead pack on the early laps of the main event, uh, which we saw seven lead changes in the first 13 laps of the final. Eventually, it was Lydia Small who came out with the lead with with Laney Benjamin. So the two female drivers out front kind of controlling things late in the race. Uh, the two kind of worked together pretty well to kind of fend off everybody challenging behind them, especially in the last lap. We saw a little bit of contact in... Uh, a Catino carousel, which yep. uh, shuffled up the order, but Small, Lydia Small, and uh, Laney Benjamin were able to cross the line, uh, one-two for a great finish. Uh, Cooper or Cooper O'Clair was able to uh, kind of negotiate his way up into third, uh, scoring his first podium of the Challenge in the Americas. Uh, Cameron ended up finishing in fourth with Dane Eilson in the fifth position. I got to say that's probably the first ever female one-two in Challenge Challenge racing, right? As far as I can remember, I yep. I I wasn't able to kind of go back and look at it, but you know, Saber Cook was a was a front runner for a number of years, uh, but I can't think of any other really fe- other females that kind of stood out. So 
Uh, we do have a little bit of a emergence of female drivers. You got Macy Williams in both Senior Rock and Senior 100cc. And now we have uh, uh, Lainey Benjamin and Lydia Small picking up their first victories at the challenge. So uh, I love it. Yeah, we got some girl power going on. I dig it, man. That's fantastic. Good to see them. And of, co- of course, uh, uh, elbows up and right in the hunt, too. You know, we saw Lainey uh, be super aggressive in, um, in, in Phoenix. And of course, Lydia now stepping up here at CalSpeed. I say this and I say this often, a cart has no idea who's driving it. As long as you can get the job done, man, woman, doesn't matter. I love it. Congratulations to, to uh, both Lydia uh, and Laney on a great run on, on Sunday. Uh, David, let's move to 100cc uh, Masters. Uh, a couple of local drivers coming in. Calderon coming down, as you said, from, from NorCal. Here's the headline, though. Calderon and Harrelson invade for victories. Well, these like were two that. these were two drivers we hadn't seen in Phoenix, so they made their first starts of the 2021 season in Cal Speed. So essentially, they're invading to uh, kind of upset the championship battles that were continued over from Phoenix, and they certainly did that by picking up victories. Uh, Saturday, it looked to be Harrelson that was going to score the sweep as he set fast time in qualifying and won the pre-final. Uh, four drivers broke away in the lead pack with Harrelson, Carlo Calderon, uh, Mike Smith, and Tim Meyer. Uh, up front, uh, Harrelson was leading or was fighting for the lead at one point with Carlson leading the majority of the race, took over the lead as they went into the hairpin, but Harrelson drove out a little bit too far and made contact with the barriers that spun him around. Uh, as he did that, that sent Mike Smith and Tim Mayer looking for real estate to get away from him and kind of slowed their pace. Uh, that essentially allowed Calderon to kind of pull away to uh, with the lead. And, uh, and from there, score his first challenge victory in the category. Uh, Smith ended up crossing the line in second ahead of Mayer. Um, Meyer. Meyer, sorry. Yep. I said it right the first couple of times. Uh, so, yeah. The, so, they filled out the, uh, the, uh, the podium. Uh, Ian Co- Cointes. I wouldn't even know how to say that. Cointes. That's, that's what I think that's how we said it over the weekend. Uh, he moved from senior to masters this weekend, so he picked up his first uh, top five with that by beating uh, Dana Estes for the fourth position. Uh, on Sunday, David, uh, uh, Brett Harrelson kind of dominated the action, though, right? Yeah, as he told us in the announcer's booth when he came to say hi, he said, today's about redemption, and that's exactly what he did. So, <laughs> Good uh, for him. <laughs> uh, Harrelson, uh, you know, again, was quickest all day Saturday. He did the same thing on Sunday, putting in a, a complete sweep this time uh, as he was able to go wire to wire in the main event. Uh, Meyer was sitting there in second early on in the main event, was on his bumper, but never made a move. And I think Calderon kind of got a little impatient with that and was like, Dude, it's time to go. And so he tried to get uh, into the second position, but uh, Mayor Meyer is a uh, is is pretty tough to uh, to get around. And so their fight kind of allowed uh, uh, Harrelson a little bit of breathing room uh, towards the end of the race, and uh, he was able to go on and score his first challenge victory of his career. Uh, the fight for second ended up uh, with Mike Smith getting by both Carl Rohn and. Meyer uh, in the late stages because their fighting allowed Smith to close in late. And uh, Smith had a good uh, uh, long pace. Wasn't good early on, but was able to uh, to maintain the pace late in the race and get by both of them to uh, to score that second position with uh, Cointes uh, in the fifth position. Well, there's your wrap-up of the 300cc categories of this year's Challenge of the Americas, the event at Calspe. When we get back after this uh, break in the action, we'll get back to the race report brought to you by Parallel USA, Senior Rock, Masters Rock, and Junior Rock. Those race reports up next.
Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode 75. Wednesday, March the 3rd. Great to have you with us. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Of course, David, trackside all this past weekend at Cal Speed Karting in Fontana for the, uh, the middle rounds of this year's Challenge of the Americas. Again, this episode brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. Jumping back into the race report, David, let's go Senior Rock, Masters Rock, and Junior Rock, kicking things off with Senior. Again, lot, not a lot of numbers. That was it. Uh, six in total in the Senior Rock category, but the headline, four straight for Lech. Yeah, Lech has certainly established himself as one of the top senior drivers on the West Coast for sure, uh, pulling off a uh, complete sweep of the weekend here in Cal Speed. Uh no issues with qualifying, so was able to uh, to get fast lap both days and go off to uh, to lead wire to wire in both pre final and final. Uh, both days it was his uh, Christian Bird racing uh, teammate Macy Williams on the EOS chassis. Both of them on the EOS chassis, chassis going one two. Um, Zimmer Andrew Zimmer was able to battle Macy Williams a little bit in the pre final on on Saturday, but. Uh, um, but uh, Williams came back in the main event to uh, to score that position. Zimmer ended up p- finishing third in the main on Saturday with Ryan Vincent fourth and Kieran Rogers in fifth. Uh, Sunday is again same story with Lech and Williams running one two. The fight all race long was for for third position, 
as Zimmer and and Ryan Vincent went toe to toe. Vincent actually was able to uh, to grab the position late and hold off to the uh, the checkered flag for his first podium at the challenge. With uh, Rogers ended up uh, with another fifth position. Pretty much a locked and loaded championship for Liam Letch in that senior rock category. Wouldn't be surprised to see some more senior rocks, of course, when we head up to Cal Speed, or rather to Sonoma for the finale. Good opportunity for some of the local drivers there to, to come and play as well, try to challenge themselves against the top driver like Liam. But four wins in that program is uh, pretty much locked him into the championship. David Masters Rock, uh, interesting for sure. Defending champion or two-time defending champion, uh, Derek Wang coming into the season and then looking very good coming out of Phoenix. But the headline here, former champs Cleveland and Wang claim wins. Yeah, you talked about it. Derek Wang came out of Phoenix with a solid weekend, essentially sweeping the entire weekend with with two victories. Uh, Looked to be like it was going to be his day on Saturday, set fast time and qualifying and and won the the pre-final with a comfortable margin. Had a good lead going in, going through the uh, the main event till about six laps to go when he came out of the hairpin and the engine decided to uh, to shut down and uh, called itself uh, said it told it's everybody good night and uh, I'm out. said I'm out. So uh, Wang had to sit there from the sidelines and watch the uh, the the rest of the race. It was a good fight behind him uh, with uh, with uh, Adam Kasich, uh, Billy Cleveland, and uh, and. Um, I want to say it was, yeah, Mike Smith right there uh, running second, third, and fourth. So that fight ended up becoming the uh, the fight for the lead. Uh, Adam was in the lead for only one lap after Wang was was put to the sideline. The Billy Cleveland took advantage, saw the opportunity, was like, I got to go now, and uh, and took the lead uh, with, a, with a kind of a, a, a sneaky little pass from over Adam. And from there, Adam wasn't able to, uh, to close back the gap as uh, our veteran driver, uh, still, still plugging away at sixty some it. years old. Still Billy Cleveland, it. former champion, uh, ended up winning, uh, winning the the race by four tenths over Kasich with uh, Mike Smith uh, rounding out the podium. Tim Meyer and ended up finishing in fourth with Pat Beckley aboard the GFC in the fifth position. Okay. Adam Kasich. 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 We'll Kasich. Uh, here's the thing, and I'll just uh, add my note here. This is uh, this is the chink in the armor for 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 Derek Wang, right? Because uh, not obviously got good points for qualifying in the pre-final, but doesn't end up getting uh, any you know enough points in the final. That's going to be probably going to have to be his drop now. So that that the key, David, going to Sonoma, he's got to have two good results. If this happens again, it could open the door for a Kasich or a Smith or a Meyer to potentially jump in there and steal away this championship, right? Well, that's something I said to Kasich was, you know, Derek's going to have to be perfect now uh, over over the uh, the next three rounds if he wants to uh, to to go and win that third straight championship, right? Third record straight championship. Uh, What's he do on Sunday? And what does he do on Sunday? He goes perfect on Sunday. Wow. Uh, again, you throw the backup motor on, and it looked like the backup motor was just as good, if not maybe even better than uh, what they had on Saturday, as he was able to pull off a sweep. Uh, never relinquishing the uh, the top spot all day long, winning the pre-final wow. and final, scoring fast lap of the race in the main event. So getting all those valuable points that he needs uh, moving forward into the finale. Uh, behind him, um, Mayer was able to Mayer was able to get by uh, Kasich. Uh, Meyer. Er- <laughs> Meyer, see, God, <laughs> damn, I hate names. <laughs> I I can write them, I can't say them. 
Oh, dude, that's funny. This is why I'm not on radio or, or oh, announcing dude, people. This is it so right funny. here. So this funny. is it right here. Mayor, right? Meyer, Meyer. Meyer, the, it's, God, it's your I, grocery I store. I see it. I see it and I say it differently. <laughs> you know what we should do? Here, listen. Spell it like the grocery store on our scripts. All right. I'm going to do that from now on. That's a great call, right? I'm going to do that. I have to right. on the scripts. I'm going to have to now because it's, yeah. Just keep laughing at me. That's fine. We'll just waste time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let me get yeah, to the water. Just keep laughing. Keep, keep going. No, no, no. I want to hear you keep laughing. You know, I mean, no. it's great. You know, you your laugh is, oh, it's, God. it's contagious. Everybody you're, loves it, Rob. You're killing me, buddy. All right. So listen. You talk wrap. about it. Wang, Meyer, Cleveland, Cassick, and Smith end up being the top five. Billy Cleveland, as you said here, uh, was able to go to P3 late in the race after Meyer was able to slip past Cassick early. But hey, listen, the bottom line is this, is Derek Wang came back and you know, put the stamp on the class again, right? Like It's like, this is what I've got. I'm good here. And so if I'm not mistaken, I think the only, so the three point scoring races he's going to use so far, he's obviously going to at this point, drop Saturday. Has he only, he's only not been P1. It was just, it was qualifying, the wet weather qualifying on race two on Sunday at Phoenix, right? Right. That didn't, Cassick got that one. Think, that's right? when Cassick was, uh, wow. got the five points. So he does have five points there. But again, you know, everything, everything's going to have boiled down in, in Sonoma. What's going to happen there? And, you know, Again, Cal Speed's not Derek Wang's favorite track. I talked to him. He said it's his least favorite racetrack. So least favorite track yeah. to go out and 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 do what he did was was phenomenal. So you know, Sonoma is going to be a different story. Uh, I'll give you a little preview. We might have a little different of a racetrack, so that might uh, change change how uh, things unfold. We'll talk about Whoa. that at the uh, the wrap up. All right, Dave, let's move to Junior Rock. Only a couple of drivers, so you can blast through this one pretty quickly. The headline, Mossman and Young split victories. Yeah, unfortunately, only two entries for this category on the weekend. Uh, two-time Phoenix winner Frankie Mossman was there on Saturday, was able to to uh, to score the sweep on the, on the round, winning by nine seconds over uh, junior rookie Tristan Young, last year's mini rock champion. Uh, Saturday, Mossman decided to move up to the 100cc senior category, leaving uh, Young alone in the Junior Rock division as Young was able to pick up his first uh, victory on the on the year in the category. So we'll see uh, kind of how this uh, this uh, category unfolds when we go to Sonoma. Why would Mossman run senior, not junior? Uh, he is 15 years old, okay. so well, has the ability to move up. And I don't think it affects, you know, the 100cc categories different from, from, you know, the Rock GP categories. It's also doing some car racing, so yeah. I'm not quite Looks sure. Old school exactly what uh his uh summer season is going to be okay that's interesting for sure uh did they run junior rock with another category or junior, yeah junior rock was actually run with the junior 100 cc category so these two drivers were out front in that race group uh masters rock and senior rock ran at the same time uh as well to to allow for only eight race groups i like that all right, folks, uh, another break in the action. We get back, Mini Rock and Micro Rock. David will give us the full breakdown of both of the cadet classes. Trader, Evans, Pruitt, Haddock, McMurray. Karting legends are created here at the Quincy Grand Prix. This is Randy Kugler, the voice of this iconic event. After being forced to cancel last year's event due to the coronavirus pandemic, the Quincy Grand Prix will be back on its traditional date on the first weekend of June. So mark June 5th and 6th on your calendar and we'll see you there. On that gorgeous late spring weekend for the 33rd time since 1970, 
Competition carts will once again rip around the spectacular and beautiful 1.2-mile circuit set out inside the South Park of Quincy, Illinois. This is your chance to race in front of over 15,000 spectators. The 2021 edition of the Quincy Grand Prix marks the 51st anniversary of the first time Carters raced around this historic venue. To celebrate the event, a $10,000 cash purse has been established for the four pro classes competing on the weekend. A total of 11 categories will be competing for the unique trophy given to all race winners, the Gussie, designed and named after the original race founder, Gus Trader. Registration is now open, so don't wait and enter now at QuincyGrandPrix.com and become legendary. We'll see you at the park. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provide the best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Our newest product is the Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines, available in 0, 5, and 8-degree angles, providing a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a medium with fins underneath to help dissipate heat off the engine. Our four-cycle EZ set is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability, depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, ORP wedge clamps get the job done, featuring a number of updates to its design for a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro sizes. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 75 of the EKN Debrief, giving you the full breakdown of the most recent challenge of the America's event at Cal Speed Karting in Fontana. Uh, David, you were there. Let's jump now into Mini Rock. The headline, Antonino and Moran dominate. Well, the one driver we saw up front all weekend long in Phoenix was John Antonino, uh, winning handily on Saturday and coming up from the tail of the field on Sunday to score the victory there. Uh, Saturday in Cal Speed, it was all him up front as he led all of the pre-final and final. The final was actually a, a bit of a challenge as he had uh, um, Rocky Moran on his bumper the entire time and nearly pulled off the uh, the victory in a photo finish as Antonino edged him out by 13 thousandths of a second uh, <laughs> at the line. Uh, Nico Serafati, again, last year's micro champion, making his mini debut at the challenge. Uh, completed the podium in the third position. Gage Korn finishing up in fourth with uh, a Charlie Smith in the top five. Yeah, another good run for Gage as well, right? He was in the middle of the fight at Phoenix. Good for him. Uh, let's move to Sunday, and this this is interesting, of course. Now uh, Rocky Moran's turn to kind of step right to the right to the very forefront. Again, two dominating performances. Moran really showed uh, the pace all day Sunday, setting fast time and qualifying going out to uh, to score the win in the pre-final, and then in the final went unchallenged to a 2.9-second victory uh, over the field. Antonino had some issues in the pre-final that put him on the uh, on the sideline early. Uh, so again, we saw him kind of driving from the tail of the field in the final again. 
this time was only able to get up to the fifth position as his uh, race factory teammate Gage Korn won the battle for the second spot behind Moran. He was able to edge out uh, Serafati for the uh, the second position over Charlie Smith. Uh, third generation driver, Rocky Moran, I'm sure proud Papa on the sidelines. Well, it wasn't just Papa. It was Grandpa and, was Grandpa and too? yeah, oh yeah, Grandpa. Both of them had their uh, their cameras rolling at podium time. So it was, <laughs> well, uh, let's 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 be real. We're not that Cal Speeds just was just down the road from the former Moran Raceway, and I, I saw that he had the Fullwood Kingdom uh, decals on the cart itself. But yeah, that, that's cool. G- great great outing for the the Moran family then. Yeah, it was funny. At one time during the podiums, we said we saw both Morans talking to. Michael Valiante and Phil Giebler. Like, wow, that's a that's a pretty good conversation right now. No there. kidding, right? <laughs> no kidding. That's awesome. All right, let's move to the uh, micro rock category, the headline. Bowman grabs first and Woon adds second win on the season. Yeah, this category, I tell you what, man, it is fun to watch because these little kids just love racing. And it's it the parents are screaming on the sideline every lap. It's <laughs> just, you know, I that's something we don't get at Phoenix. You know, we're up in the in the tower. And yeah. uh, so we have no idea what's going on in, in pit yeah. lane or or in the grandstands. Well, Cal Speed, we're right there. We're right along the grid. We're right along the uh, the, the fence where everybody stands. And I tell you what, those parents are screaming and yelling every single lap those guys go by. It's hilarious, but it's fun. It's fun to watch. And it was great fun to watch uh, on track because it was a battle for the race win every day. Uh, Saturday began with Troy Ferguson making his challenge debut, setting fast time and qualifying aboard his uh, Troy Adams Benick. Uh, Jackson Porter, our round one winner, ended up finishing uh, first in the pre-final. Porter actually led the majority of the race in the final, but uh, Ferguson and Bowman were able to put on a challenge. Uh, Bowman went from P3 to P1 in just a matter of two laps and was able to hold on at the line to score his first victory on the comp cart. Nice. Uh, what's uh, What do we got for Sunday then, David? Porter again coming out of the gate strong? Yeah, Porter ended up qualifying on pole position. Uh, again, a great battle uh, in the pre-final with, uh, with Ashton Woon picking up the victory. Again, the main event, another great battle. Six of the seven drivers were in the lead pack. Uh, Braylon Underwood wasn't able to, had some engine issues, so was trailing uh, all the fight that was going on ahead of him, so unable to, uh, to be part of the fight. But uh, the six drivers up front, uh, shuffling position nearly every lap, looking over at each other, giving each other hand signals, you know, just, <laughs> just a fun time. Yep. Um, Porter ended up actually crossing the line first in another photo finish, 49 thousandths ahead of Julian Sanchez with Ashton Woon only 58 thousandths Ooh. off as a, in a three wide photo finish. I love it. I love uh, it. Unfortunately, penalties decided uh, the final positions of the podium. Uh, Porter was penalized 10 seconds for impeding, so that handed the provisional win to Sanchez, but a uh, two-position penalty for contact dropped Sanchez off the top of the podium, moving uh, Ashton Woon to uh, the uh, the top spot of the podium, earning his second victory of the season. Uh, When the penalty shuffled out, Bowman was promoted up into the second position, with Sanchez finishing third. Uh, Jackson Porter off the podium in the fourth position with Troy Ferguson in fifth. Wow. Okay. A lot of shakeups at the end of that one. Again, uh, you talk about the action back and forth, a little bit of impeding, a little bit of contact. 
But again, things wrapping up, as you said, with both uh, Reese Bowman and Ashton Moon scoring wins. Final break in the action on this edition of the EKN Debrief. When we get back, David's going to wrap everything up. We'll have a run through the Constructors' Championship to tell you which chassis scored victories. And then we'll wrap things up with a look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar, where David and I will be for the month, the month of March. Stay with us. More to come. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Let's wrap things up here for this edition of the EKN Debrief as we cap off our race report of the Challenge of the Americas event at Cal Speed Karting in Fontana, California. David, your final thoughts? Let's wrap things up. Again, record numbers for the series, 14-year history of the program. This, is, this was the largest event they've ever had with 147 entries. So obviously that was the highlight of the event uh, no rain again for the first time in a few years at Cal Speed, something uh, we had to have battled with Challenging the Americas there. Uh, so it was good to have sunny weather. Obviously, wind was a major factor on Sunday and, and before things began on Wednesday night and Thursday morning. Uh, the one positive, Andy Saisman, you know, last year we had some issues with uh, having only one ambulance in there. 
They obviously have this uh, the rule where the ambulance needs to leave and then come back. Uh, this time we had two ambulances on site all weekend long, but we were not we did not need them in any of the uh, action all weekend long as they never rolled once with no red flags on the weekend or no major incidents. Uh, we did have one flip. Uh, Mateo Calderon flipped in the uh, the main event on Saturday, but uh, held you know handled it like a pro, kicked the cart off of him and got out from underneath the cart and was perfectly fine to uh, to race the next day. So again, a, a record number, a sunny weekend, and no major incidents. Hey, let's let's give a shout out then to Andy Saisman because of course last year, like you said, we had that huge long wait because when a red flag does come, the ambulance has to roll. They don't wait for an ambulance to come. We got to wait for the ambulance to get back. So, you know, he he elected to make that extra expenditure. That's a lot of money to get another ambulance to have two trackside to make sure that there's no uh, stoppage in racing whatsoever. So kudos to Andy for making that investment. Yep. And uh, thank you to Kathy Saisman for uh, providing the food all weekend long, Saturday and Sunday. We had chicken nice. on Saturday and some brats on Sunday. So uh, I miss making just smash again, burgers. again, that that family atmosphere. We missed the Monday night part pizza party at, we did. at yeah. Mark's place. But uh, hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be able to uh, enjoy not only the smash, your smash burgers next year, but uh, the pizza party next year. We'll as well. do that for sure. All right, David, let's run down through the Constructors Championship. I'm just looking quickly here. What do we got? Like 11 different chassis getting wins? Wow. 11 different chassis in the uh, in the 20 different races wins that were recorded. So uh, a pretty diverse weekend, that is for yeah. sure. Uh, the EOS chassis, though, picked up six victories, obviously, two in Senior Rock and and a number in uh, in the other categories, Derek Wang and and, and uh, Blake Nash, along with Alexander Gonzalez, so uh, good representation with the with the new EOS chassis. Uh, Tony Cart picking up three victories as well with CRG earning two with Kevin Woods under the the Ron White Racing uh, banner. Comp Park picking up two victories as well with uh, the Forward Direction Motorsports and J3 uh, Group. Uh, seven different chassis brands did pick up one victory. Aluminos. Factory Cart, GFC, Cart Republic, Nitro Cart, Race Factory, and VME Cart. So wow. uh, a very diverse lineup of chassis picking up victories on the weekend. Yeah, we always like to see that. Like to see all the different manufacturers get a chance to at least not only be in the, the paddock itself and on the grids, but also getting race wins. So that's uh, cool to see 11 different brands scoring race wins. All right, folks, we'll wrap things up here with the EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented today by Forward Direction Motorsports. In Colorado, the place to go for carts and parts and everything else you need to go racing is Forward Direction Motorsports. Owned and operated by veteran carter Greg Welch, Forward Direction Motorsports has been developed to provide customer service and product sales at all levels and both in person and online. We're a brick and mortar shop that serves as the hub for racing in Colorado, and we also have an online store and can ship all over the country. We can also service all makes and models of engines and carts. Whatever you race, Forward Direction Motorsports can take care of you. Head to fdmcarting.com to learn more about our products and services or call us direct at 720-323-3650. All right, DC, uh, three different events spanning two weekends for the month of March for you and I on the EKN Trackside Live Tour presented by Cooper Tires. Uh, we're just a couple of weeks away. You'll get one weekend off back at it, March 12th, 13th, 14th. You're heading back to Florida in the warmth for what will be the biggest ever 
United States Pro Card Series event. Yeah, that's that. They've already hit the 250 mark for entries. So uh, wow. I just got the uh, the word last night from Mark Coates. So we're going to be looking at uh, you know separated pre-finals, last chance qualifiers uh, for not only the K100 category, which is over 50 entries, but uh, you're looking at Mini Swift, K100 Junior, and another category as well. So uh, hey, let me throw this out there, David. Uh, in the 12 years that we've been kind of focusing on doing our EK and trackside live stuff, right? Let's say, let's say we go back to the beginning of the, the Scusa Promoto Tour, the, you know, that first ever Promoto Tour race, the Spring Nationals yeah. in Sonoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the, what was the biggest race that we've had nationally? Like 256 or something like that, I think, for a Pro Tour race? We need um, to look at that. I wonder well, if this could... Super was, Nationals is obviously the biggest. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm away from the super. So away from the super nats, you know, I, I, w- I would, I would, I would venture to say it had to be whatever the pro tour record is. Yeah. Like I want to um, say two fifty something, right? This is massive. That's for- something I'm going to have to, I'll have to research. Cause I, I can't remember what year we had our biggest pro tour race. So, um, cause I have numbers b- broken down by each year. So I'd have to go through the years, but, uh, this will obviously be among the best ones. I, I want to say we've had a couple pro tours over the 250 marks. So this is going to be right so. there. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be amazing. right there. That's amazing. What, what a great start for the program uh, of California, of course. And think about that, that, that entire, you know, field there uh, the outside is going to be loaded full of carts all the way to the far well, back at Ocala. Well, we, we always call it like the Bristol of carting, but I think exactly. this is going to be more like the chili bowl because we're going to have, <laughs> we are, that's true. Uh, we should maybe we should just have chili to the winners. Um, oh uh, no! What? No, we got to change the we got to change the the format. We got to have like K mains and, and <laughs> H mains and, and G mains, and you know we got to go all the way through. Well, That's what we need to be doing. You know, I I think for K one hundred that that would be possible. You know, okay. whatever the largest category I think you have on the weekend, that would be that would be something cool. Uh, but yeah. again, they don't they don't want long days at the racetrack. That's something that obviously USPKS is trying to avoid. So uh, that's why they're going with the the pre-final and final or pre-final LSCQ and, and, and main events. So, uh, cause again, it's a small racetrack and, and I think, uh, the max that they, they were, they said they were going to do is probably 38. So, uh, so that's, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a very interesting weekend to see. Cause again, it's all brand new for this program, something they have never had to do with, and with, in terms of, uh, you know, keeping the, uh, you know, the schedule going, but also welcoming this massive size of, 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 uh, of fields. Yeah. Uh, listen, just great, great for the, great for the sport, great for the industry and, and great for the USPKS big numbers. That's March the 12th, 13th, 14th. Of course, will be ECAN trackside live there. Uh, Tim Coyne will be on the mic for that one. David will be of course producing all of our trackside live coverage. And then David, you and I split because there's a conflict this year at the end of March, the 26th, 27th, 28th weekend. I'll be at uh, NOLA Motorsports in New Orleans for the opening round of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the Winter Nationals. Of course, that's where everything kind of got shut down last year when the when the COVID program locked and loaded. You guys had got through Friday practice. I was at St. Petersburg for the IndyCar and rode the Indy race. That was the weekend, the Friday, where everything shut down. I'll be heading there for uh, the opening round of the Winter Nats. You will be on the other side of the country. You're going to be going to Sonoma uh, Raceway Karting Center for the final rounds of the Challenge of the America. So another one of our our double weekends, right, where we'll be splitting on EKN Live 1 and EKN Live 2. Simultaneous coverage um, on EKN for both those events. 
Yeah, simultaneous coverage, live audio, social media postings, um, lots of text messages going back and forth about what's what's going on and, and things we can do. Yeah, unfortunately, you know that's the, that's the sad part about our sport with the uh, with the scheduling conflicts. But uh, you know we're going to make the most of it and uh, and provide the best coverage we possibly can for both races. That's it. Again, big thank you to Cooper Tires for being our uh, presenting title sponsor of our EK and Trackside Live Tour again here for 2021. Great to work with the good folks at Cooper Tires. David, that wraps things everything up here. We got a lot more to come. As you know, this week we're going to wrap things up. Of course, next Thursday you head to Florida, so we'll have an Outlap podcast next week. Following the week after that, we'll have uh, the debrief from the USPKS race. <laughs> And then the, the last two weeks, or the last week, I guess, of March and the first week of April, you and I are going to be busy. Back-to-back outlaps and back-to-back debriefs, debriefs for the Scuso Winter Nationals and the Challenge of the Americas finale. Lots of, lots of podcast content coming. And I'm just going to hope that the names in the top five or those that we talk about are ones I can pronounce. That's true. We'll cross our fingers. So, we'll cross our fingers. so I did. I didn't tease it yet. So, a little teaser for everybody. Yeah, uh, they're talking year. a uh, different track layout uh, for Sonoma Weekend for Challenging the Americas, not including Tic Tac Toe. Ooh, really? Well, really? it'd be better for the chassis. <laughs> it will be, and, and, and the, the drivers. Seats. And, and the, the drivers, drivers, you know, soft shell will not have to worry about that. That's true. That's true. Well, that's really interesting. So, uh, again, uh, you know, we did a different layout for Cal Speed this uh, this weekend, this past weekend. So, yeah. uh, you know, something different that, uh, like that Challenging the Americas is going to throw at everybody. And, uh, you know, again, will uh, be something new, something I've never seen. I don't think you've ever seen the tic-tac-toe not being used ever. Here's what I think. The full oval. The Pocono, <laughs> all the way around the outside. Just all there'll be a turn one pass every time we go through. That'll be it. Full oval. Um, no, <laughs> no, because you still got to go tic tac toe. Tic tac toe. No, can't you go around the outside of tic tac toe? I thought there was a. Isn't there no, a road that goes? No, there is not a road. Let's do that. Let's build that. Let's build. <laughs> let's pave that. That, that would awesome. help. That would yeah. help with everybody going through tic tac toe, wouldn't it? That's true. That's true. <laughs> if it was a straight, well, straight shoot shot through, yeah, yeah. Just around the outside. Around no, the outside. yeah, the the uh, the Pocono is not really a Pocono because there's that tic tac toe there. Well, so. we need to pave around the outside of that to be able to use it. Pretty easy. Okay, well, we'll mention that when I'm there. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it. We're done for the EK and Debrief. Lots more podcast content to come. We got another This Week in Carding coming pretty soon. Our live show that we've moved we've moved This Week in Carding live onto our YouTube channel. I got a face-to-face I'm doing. By the time you hear this, I'll have already done a face-to-face interview with Sean Bailiff from Trinity Carding Group. They're lining up for a tremendous 2021 season, not only for the team itself, as they're going to go to the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. They're going to run the entire USPKS. They've signed some big drivers to, to be included in that team, but also everything happening at the Motorsports Com- Country Club of Cincinnati, the Pro-Am Championship Series that they have. They got a couple big races happening. So, uh, so Sean and I are going to talk as well. Uh, and again, lots of great content coming. Thank you, folks, for tuning in to everything we do here on the EKN Radio Network. That wraps episode 75 of the EKN Debrief. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>